Joe presents Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby, together with Guinness. Hello and you're very welcome to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. Oh, you're a bit chirpy, aren't I'm you? pretending to be chirpy. It's Monday after St. Patrick's Day. Showbiz chirpy. Uh, Being chirpy, this. <laughs> hanging. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure the whole of Ireland is hung over today, so it's grand. I don't feel too bad. Yeah. I doubt, I doubt they're all fake chirpy. <laughs> I think my, my tone of my voice is going to go down and uh, down as we go on. But uh, I was in the Middle East for the last five days. Wow. Celebrating St. Patrick's Day in the desert, as you do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a great time. Are, you, are uh, Hermitage Green, are they big in the Middle East? Uh, yeah, we've done a lot <laughs> out there. Uh-huh. So we've got great old support out there. Really? Great fan base, yeah. Expats uh, or genuine Arabs. We went to we played in Bahrain last night, and there was uh, a good few local Bahrainians who were obsessed with us. Bahrainese, uh, Bahrainians, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I've no idea. I don't know either. Bahrainese. I don't know why I said it so confidently. <laughs> Any Bahrainians out there uh, subscribing to Baz and Andrews House of Rugby? Let us know. <laughs> Those are two Venn Bahrainese. <laughs> Those are two Venn diagrams that don't cross. <laughs> I'll work on him. I was talking about it actually last night. Uh, but we played Dubai, uh, McGettigan's in Dubai on Thursday night. Um, it's like an Irish festival they have out there. So the Coronas were there, Gavin James, ourselves, uh, Thanks Brother. Um, we played there Thursday, Abu Dhabi Friday, back to Dubai Saturday to, there was like a boat, boat party on a yacht. We went out in that and just playing music and having crack. Oh, and then, showbiz. Sun Saturday evening we watched the match in McGettigan's which was class there's like a couple of thousand people loads of Welsh loads of Irish and uh, obviously didn't end well but mm. it was good crack what sort of crowds would you be playing to? Uh, six, seven hundred <whistles> yeah do you ever crowd surf? not as a as a part of the band but I tried to do it once at an Ian Brown gig in a in Limerick uh-huh. and I jumped off the stage I climbed up on the stage as a fan and jumped off and just jumped on top of the two smallest <laughs> smallest girls in the, in the whole place and completely flattened them uh, which was hilarious but no I've never I've never felt like the Hermitage Green fan base could hold up ah right okay me yeah. and my brother yeah yeah, um, I once um, got punched in the head do you know the hives do you remember the hives yeah uh, I went to see them uh, when I was I was like 16. Uh, I went to the Limelight in Belfast. You played there a few times? Yeah. I had a wee fake ID and all. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the Hives guitarist jumped into the crowd and it was kind of crowd surfing, but he was like clumsily just yeah. in and then out, really. Security yeah. would drag him out. Four security dragged him out. I was all excited and hyper, so I grabbed his guitar and I was like, ah, like oh as if God. we were both enjoying this moment. <laughs> He turned out and punched me punch in the face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I couldn't, I couldn't think of anything worse than someone. His guitar is plugged in. Like, it's so annoying, I know. So it's making and noise and you're just grabbing it and shaking How it. How annoying is that? Hard not to, though. Hard to punch me? No, hard not, hard to, not to punch shake me. shake the guitar. Yeah, it was it was right there and I wanted to be a part of it. I yeah. thought if he's going to jump, jump into where we are all just minding our own business, yeah. <laughs> then, you know, we, our sound engineer, unfortunately, on Thursday night, Friday night in Abu Dhabi, had to be right in the middle of the crowd, and uh, he was turning to pick something out of his bag at one point, 
and a girl just came over and went to the the main fader on his desk and just started going like moving it up and down really fast. <laughs> <laughs> he thought everything had stopped and he just turned around and there was a girl just there flashing <laughs> up and down. She <laughs> said she actually did it in time so you could, oh, it kind nice. of sounded like a, an effect he was putting on it. Yeah. Yeah. So, th- but that's how loose it is over there, man. It's, people think Dubai uh, is quiet. It's the, it's like the Vegas of yeah. the Middle East. Um, and it was good at the Welsh match. The, uh, uh, there was a lot of, crack going on it's later over there so it was like 9 or 10 o'clock yeah and um, the Welsh were particularly bananas mm-hmm. so towards the end of the game when we got that last try um, we were so desperate for any kind of positivity that we were like if they score here let's go <laughs> as if you just want <laughs> to watch the game <laughs> so we were jumping around the place when he scored <laughs> yes into the heavens and they they obviously could, didn't get it they were like we winning, we won. <laughs> no, we pretend like we didn't know what they were talking about. Um, but look, the hangover is real. I'm sure the Irish team are probably the biggest hangover of all. God bless them. Mm-hmm. And I actually want to start with a question that mm-hmm. we got in from JP Elsie. And uh, that person, man, woman or child, uh, I think... Is kind of sums up what we, Pat, I'd say you'd agree, what we've been getting yeah, questions yeah. on Twitter for the last few days about it's kind of the worst of uh, all the questions we had, but explains where the, the, heart, the hearts are of the nation. So he says, she says, it says, Jesus! <laughs> Get in the character. <laughs> <laughs> where to start? WTF do you make of that performance? What the flip? Or what the fuck? I think Andrew. <laughs> I felt embarrassed. That is not a team lacking confidence. That is a team with deeper issues. Much. <laughs> what do you make of a question mark? I'm pissed off before we even get a chance to answer. <laughs> Don't interrupt us, JB. <laughs> Utterly fed up with the sexton loop. <clears throat> Well, that sex and loop the sex and loop that they scored off last week yeah yeah. I'm fed up with fed scoring up tries that off that and the flat line attack no imagination and it, it it kind of finished in a bit of a whimper yeah no imagination I felt like she got massively um, carried away early on in the tweet and then she sort of ran out she of she lacked, lacked imagination at the end if yeah. you will <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah so we should look get her on the show you should will you will you come on the show I think, I think JP is a, a man as well, so he'll be delighted to hear as that well as a woman. He's been, oh, he he's been like, a like this. <laughs> my, my visa to Bahrain yesterday had me down as a female, which caused consternation in, in the airport when I arrived, trying to explain to them that I wasn't. Uh, but yeah, this, this, okay, so this is a good way to start. Uh, that's how everyone has been feeling by the sounds of it. What do you make of that? Start with uh, <clears throat> embarrassed. Did you feel embarrassed? Uh, did you feel embarrassed? I didn't feel embarrassed. No, I was too busy having the crack with the Welsh lads. <laughs> yeah. yeah. To feel embarrassed. Had you been more sober, would you be yeah. more embarrassed? <laughs> I didn't feel embarrassed. <clears throat> no. I felt I felt let down. You know why I felt let down? Mm. Because when Ireland lose, no one listens to our podcast. <laughs> 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 That's why I felt let down. Okay. Because they're all worried about their own performance. Oh, yeah. We're going to win the Six Nations. They don't give a crap about us and our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> and our numbers. Yeah. We're trying to make a living here as well, lads. Yeah. <laughs> Selfish. Yeah, you made that point last week. I think you're right. Um, Did I make that point last week? 
He did say selfish. Someone was selfish. Oh, someone else was selfish yeah. for listening to the podcast but not subscribing. That was it. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, there's the outtakes, which I very much enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, deeper issues. What deeper issues? Do you deeper think issues like what? Like, like mental health, <laughs> or or like a rugby related issue? They mean here, obviously. I don't know. Or like, is someone going? You know, <clears throat> like someone getting divorced, or is someone. You know, struggling with I mean what is she talking what is he what is he talking about yeah I don't know deeper issues deeper. much deeper much deeper he says. issues yeah it's very suggestive um, well he's pissed off and he's fed up with the Sexton loop which as we alluded to did score last week flat on attack no imagination okay <clears throat> my take on it actually what's your take on on the the thingy first the I match? think um, after the game this is uh this is a game where you come out and there's a series of things pop into your head that you should say or just wee one-liners that are appropriate for this occasion. Yeah. So I've compiled a list of appropriate one-liners. Brilliant. Okay. Um, the game got away from us. <clears throat> Did. Um, we ended up with a mountain to climb. Uh, <laughs> we're going to use that hurt and learn from it. Oh, I, got, I heard a few of them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, it's important that we get back on the wagon. <laughs> I was about to say, bandwagon. <laughs> Don't get on that. No. Um, credit to Wales. There was a lot of that, mm-hmm. which fair enough, but yeah, yeah, boring. Um, the margins are fine. Mm. Fine margins. Fine, fine, fine. So fine. Grand. Yep. <laughs> and my favourite, we haven't become a bad side overnight. No. So that's the template. I'd love someone to just come out with something outrageous. Yeah. Yeah. For like, crack. Like what? Just like calling someone out for being shit straight away, <laughs> you know. Sure, he was shy. Yeah, yeah. Sure, we were bad, but did you see that guy? <laughs> yeah. One of his teammates. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or blaming Joe or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or blaming like Richie Murphy, the king <laughs> yeah, coach or something. Yeah. <laughs> Just totally throw someone obscure <laughs> yeah. under the bus, yeah. 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 Well, look, it's, it's, uh, I think Pat's going to come on later on and play some clips for us from, uh, from a few of the, the players after the match. And we'll discuss mostly what you just read there, I think, is what, <laughs> what they're going to say. Um, my take on it, uh, I think there's, there's a few things that people have been giving out about, and that <clears> is, <throat> should the key players who, weren't having the best game should they have been hauled off and and uh someone has given a chance to change the game um or is it schmidt's tactics that are causing us the troubles at the moment you'd be brave you'd be brave to like i know people are talking about sex and murray you'd be brave to take off sex and murray mm. it's a really brave call mm-hmm. Sexton was the best mm-hmm. player in the world last year mm-hmm. murray probably wasn't that far behind him as a nine ten partnership, there's no one better. Like historically or traditionally, it's and up until recently, I know the performances you know, have dropped off a little bit from where they were. But that's a big call, and again, it's a hindsight call. Yeah, from a supporter saying we should have had them off. Yeah, at you know, sixty minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like if you're, if we go off what Joe Schmidt, what he likes to do is let those two run the sh- the show for him. So if he takes them off his game plan crumbles so he doesn't have the control over the game and the players the rest of the players in the pitch don't have it so yeah. I think you you just can't do that until the time they did 60-65 minutes anyway when it's definitely out of reach Yeah. Um, and then saying that look 
<clears throat> you go back, okay, you look at those two points. Should you be taking the players off or should we have a plan B for Joe Schmidt um, rather than just the, the way he, that we always see him play? Is there a plan B where, uh, you know, I think, didn't you mention Finn Russell came out yeah. after the game? Apparently, he said, apparently he came out after the game and said that um, he implemented a change. Like, he himself, himself said, this isn't working, why don't we try this? Mm-hmm. And I only saw bits of the that um, England-Scotland game, so I don't really know exactly what it was. But it looked like they kind of cut loose a little bit. Mm-hmm. Obviously, with the weather and stuff in, the, uh, in Cardiff, it would be a lot more difficult mm-hmm. to start slinging balls left, right, <clears> and centre. And if you start doing that, you start giving away um, intercepts. No, I don't. I, like I don't even think that's what Ireland needed. I think Ireland needed to play uh, territory and get just get as play less rugby. Yeah, I think they needed to. You know, when when everyone says they need a plan B, it's not it's not just um, throw offloads. Okay, on a nice day, they definitely can afford to do a little bit more of that and to have that freedom to do it. Um, but on a day like Saturday, it's put the ball in the corner, apply pressure, and kick our goals when we get when we got the opportunity. You know, uh, after the England game, um, there was quite a lot of um, uh, pundits and commentators came out and said that Ireland needed to look at the way they were playing and play with a little, play a bit more expansively, um, look for more offloads, get it into the wider channels where you get a little bit more joy. <clears throat> do you think Joe, in a way, has said, okay, well, if you want us to do that, we'll do that and see where it gets us. And then almost, here's an example of that done. We're kind of taking your word for it. And it was a, and a game plan that didn't work. I don't think we played too much rugby at the weekend. We, um, we just played more than wheels, though. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think we kicked like we normally do. Like when Ireland are at our best, we apply pressure. So uh, from a kickoff, like the weekend, like if you take the big moments in the game... Wales kick off and we'd expect Ireland to take that to protect our wingers I don't even know why Stockdale was taking that kick he normally you, you, you know a winger wouldn't be taking that he'd be deeper than he was, yeah. was. but um, <clears throat> you'd want CJ or, or, a, or one of the back rowers to be taking that or getting a, a lift on one of the on one of the second rows and then we set a solid platform and we get Murray putting a box kick in we get a big chase and apply pressure on them and the exact opposite it does. Your winger gets tackled into touch. Yeah, they get the Shock ball. Shock and tone to start the game. With. Unbelievable! Like you'd yeah. never see that. So, um, so that's just one example. And then, okay, that was brilliant from Wales. You have to say. No, to be fair, the hang yeah. time was massive. <clears throat> yep. George North, hundred miles an hour. Mm-hmm. I don't. Like, it, he pretty much got man on ball, didn't he? Jacob mm-hmm. didn't really have much. No. Have much time to do anything just else. Ragdolled him. Yeah. And then that that did set a tone. I'm not saying that. Mm. was that influential but certainly it set a tone at the start of the game mm. and then the obviously the, the skill for Manscombe to, to put that chip through for Parks to score a try brilliant yeah, that's nice, hat off to them for that <clears throat> then we responded won the kick off uh, won Sexton's kick off then we played through some phase play and it was all really good stuff there was a couple where uh, this is my thing on, on where we are at the moment They're, they all know where they have to be at every uh, point and play, right? They all know the system, so they have to be where they want. But there's such a level of anxiety amongst them. They're, they're often there too early. They're getting ahead of the ball. So they're too flat. Their sexton's too flat, and he's taking the ball standing, and he's just shipping on little little passes. Like, any time that happened, Wales are just pushing us backwards. See, I thought, actually, although it looked like 
players were overrunning the pass, I thought oh, there was a lot of inaccurate passing mm. going on. So if one person catches mm. it here and takes a second yeah. by the time he delivers it onto the next guy, then he has already overran it. Mm-hmm. I think that was probably more the case. Like <clears> if the passing was crisp and sharp, as to be fair, you're probably asking a lot on a wet day. Yeah. But if, if the passing was crisp, then I think those lines of running would have all been spot on, but it, it just looked like wheels kind of cope with that a little bit better or their passes were sharper or more crisp or yeah more but accurate. I, even in that first first 10 minutes we actually made a couple of breaks and I remember ring rose made that little break and he and he swung around and he threw an offload mm-hmm. and it was intercepted mm-hmm. they kicked yeah. the guy to the field but he, if he'd actually passed that to carney who was the 15 outside him um carney had earls outside him and i think uh owens was the was the first line of defense on carney and like that so that that split moment, you could have had a try if Ringrose had passed it to Kearney as opposed to trying to pass to Aki, and uh, and then there was there was just a few moments like that in the first 15, 20 minutes where we weren't playing badly. We were stretching them when we when we could, yeah. um, but then we had the opportunity to kick a few penalties, and we went to the corner, and I thought they were just that. That's a huge decision to make. Yeah, like thirty minutes in, we haven't had. We've had a lot of little little mistakes, like Keen Healy had a knock on, uh, Murray had a knock on. It was just a few little mistakes that were like at the wrong time when we were building phases. But now you have an opportunity to to take a shot, fire a shot, and get three points on the board. Were we just seven nil down at the time. Uh, <coughs> I think we we're ten nil down at that point. Yeah, and we went to the corner, and not only like if if you don't score, that's a missed opportunity, but the boost that gives to Wales, and it did give to Wales, and Murray was turned over off that mall um, for holding, for being held up. The stadium erupted, like, and yeah, then yeah. they clear it. And, and then they got a few, Wales, to be fair, got a few uh, home ground decisions, I think, in the first half as well. Alan Wynne-Jones got away with lying on top of the ball twice. We both of them in front of the post. Absolutely. One of them was a definite penalty. Yeah. Within, it was like, one where 15 Kane, seconds of each other. Was it Cian Healy? Was, <clears> was I don't know if he was carrying. I'm not sure if he carried or he was the next at the rock. Hmm. But someone got past him and Alan Wynn was doing that thing where he kind of looks to hold you up for a second yeah. and then just flops down on our side yeah. slightly before, like not before it's become a rock, I suppose. Or, yeah. But he's he knows what he, exactly what he's doing there mm-hmm. and he's making it look like he's un, it's unplayable yeah. or he's he can't get out of there, but he's not pinned. No. <clears throat> Sorry, he might be pinned. But he's allowed himself to be get there pinned. In the first exactly, yeah. yeah. That's the rule. You can't, Definite penalty. You can't put yourself there in the first place. Yeah. Um, that happened twice in the same phase of play, within like 30 seconds, and he got away with both of them. And Murray was like a lunatic sex, like a lunatic. Again, that would have brought them, put them on the scoreboard, and at least quieten the crowd as opposed to the opposite. It gives them a boost. And that was actually when we got the scrum and CJ took the quick tap. Wow. And, uh, you know, so you get a few errors because they're nervous. Obviously, they're really nervous yeah, at the yeah. moment. And you're up against a savage Welsh side as well. Like, don't, yeah. like, don't get me wrong. I'm probably making a few excuses here, but... Um, it's in fine, fine margins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and there's a mountain to climb as well. <laughs> do you think... Um, how long after the game do you think it would have been before someone slagged CJ? Oh. Could uh, it have been straight after? Because I know in South Africa... Actually, CJ is the example I'm thinking again. Remember yeah. CJ got red-carded? We slagged him on the bus after the game. Yeah. We won that game, to be fair. Okay. So that's grand, isn't it? No, I, I would want to slap <coughs> straight away. Just get it done. Yeah. Get it out of the way. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> he hit it off his shin. <laughs> you can see the excitement in it. Like, I remember Frankie Sheehan did that as well before. And I think, 
I don't know if he kicked himself in the face with the ball, but there was something hilarious about it. I was always really nervous about doing that. I would never do that. I, you would put it on the ground, kick it yeah. forward a little bit and yeah. then pick it up. Yeah, yeah. it's terrifying. Um, but I, know you know, we, I know we disagreed though over the Sexton penalty. Yeah. A little bit. I thought that was probably fair enough. Not, I'm not saying it was definite penalty. I just I can see why it was given. The one where he seals it Oh, off. sorry. Yeah, I thought you meant the kick to the touch. Um, yeah, so Sexton... Uh, Stockdale took the high kick and Sexton yeah. kind of tripped over landed on top of him and then and they just kind of shimmy 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 across I think that's forward. what the ref said shimmying <laughs> <laughs> they're a terror for the shimmy even the guy said you shimmied it off <laughs> uh, but that was still I just think there's certain ones like that Ty Byrne was penalised for going in the side at one rock when it was no more in the side he just ended up do you know when they, he goes in straight, but then he he swings around and it looks more like he comes in the side. Yeah, um, I, I think I know the one you're talking about, and I I thought it was I could see how it was given as oh, well. They're just such fine margins. The one against, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jesus oh, yeah. Christ! <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I terrible. mean, do you think it would become a bad side overnight? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I yeah, that's one another one, and then <clears throat> there's one more. The James Ryan one, the line out when he walked down the line out, the middle line out. Again, there there are little things that I think you, home you were very crowd. close. <laughs> you were very close. <laughs> home crowd is that another one? <laughs> yeah. Um, so to be fair to Wales, you know, <laughs> credit to Wales. <laughs> um, so yeah, look, I I think. First 40 minutes, there was no reason why to to whip uh, Johnny Sexton or Connie Murray off the field. I mm-hmm. think it was uh, it was close. The score scoreboard did as <clears> they <throat> pulled away by half time and they were 16 nil up. But then the second half starts and it's panic stations because um, we make a few early mistakes and and they get another kick and that's when the pressure starts mounting and I think it, it did kind of crumble after that. But um, <clears throat> but it goes that way. If you're losing, then you start uh, forcing things, and yeah. you become more desperate. And if something goes wrong, wrong on top of that, then it just feels mm. like it's <clears throat> more of a mental barrier to get back in the game. Just feels like a mountain to climb, <laughs> <laughs> and it does. The game does yeah. get away. <laughs> this is great. Uh, there was um, there was a. a a scrum and two minutes into the second half <clears throat> or a midfield scrum was five minutes and maybe two minutes, five minutes and uh, midfield scrum in the halfway line and what do you do in a situation like that normally as if you're an attacking team you want to take you want to apply a bit of pressure settle your side you go eight, nine and you drill it into the corner and you put you know the eight, nine just puts it down there and all of a sudden you're down in their five metre line it's very hard to defend that basically and we tried to do the move with oh, uh, yeah, Bundy coming blind, yeah. which any the other day could have worked because you need it needs to be a big pass. Like he's come back in a switch, he's got to hit either ring rolls on a pullback or he's got to hit Carney on a big wide pass, and uh, and those conditions are really difficult to do. So we ended up making a bit of a balls of that. They got on top and. I think they got a penalty from that as well. Yeah, Navidi read that well. Yeah. But <clears throat> did he read it well or did he just not work as hard as Ireland anticipated him to work? Yeah. When Ireland go left off that, 
you then go, he drops he, under. You, you would imagine then, I'm not, I can't remember what way the scrum wheeled. I think it was pretty actually, straight. Did it? Yeah, was to be it? fair to him, like he just. <clears throat> so, but typically, then he would maybe chase, chase around mm. to Ireland's left, to his right. Yeah. But he didn't. He kind of stood there for a second, and then he went, "Oh, I'll come back this way." <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah. This worked out great. So it looks he's either really, really switched on, yeah, or he just maybe switched off for a wee second, and then fortunately ended up in the perfect position. Yeah. So like the Ryan Nugent, what did he say? Coming out with a few. Nevedis Nevedi Nevedi <laughs> Definitely didn't call him Nevedi a few times And uh, <coughs> So look at Tepurik um, Tepurik Tepurik No yeah. way yeah. Are people still doing this? Just Ral Nugent man He's the terror for <laughs> <laughs> He decides himself what people's names are So did you did you see the um, Ulster Racing game At yeah. the end of January there? Yeah. <clears throat> where um, Ulster just designed all these ways of getting Jacob the ball Yeah And it was a slightly left of midfield scrum With just Jacob on the left, I think, mm-hmm. and um, whatever the play was, they came. They, they looked like they faked like they were going right, and then someone swept around, something like the opposite of what Bundy did yeah. at the weekend, and just gave the ball to Jacob. And because Rassing had chased round, okay. so yeah, I know. know. On another occasion, and you're right, when it's wet, it's when it's wet, and that. when we just want to get some sort of foothold and pos- position and possession, just. Do what's the what the bread and butter is, and I yeah. think you know as you said earlier on when you were when you were saying Finn Russell took the Scottish game by the scruff of the neck and did his own thing. Um, should we be allowed to have the freedom? To, the players allowed to have the freedom to go? Hey, hang on, Joe, we're not doing this right now. We need to just play for position here and apply pressure. Yeah, so that's what all Wales did. And, Although uh, I would imagine when Joe says when he shows them the menu of what options are available, I would imagine off that midfield scrum. There would be a couple of options. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have thought before, like on the mm. Tuesday when they come up with the game plan. <clears throat> here's what we're doing when we're here, mm. because it'll depend. Yeah. On what where the game's at, what the weather's like, who's maybe if they've got a yellow card, lots of different things coming into it, mm. and I would imagine there would have been another option. So I wouldn't have thought that would be Joe's fault. Yeah. I would have thought that would be. Well, I'm not saying it's anybody's fault. I don't yeah. think there's an issue with that. Hey, look, neither of us want to say whose fault it is, but I know someone who does want to say whose fault it is. <laughs> JP, let's get. Pat on oh, here. Pat, <laughs> Pat the break is going to come on yeah. here. Pat, your JP. Ask yeah. some, ask some <laughs> of the harder questions. Uh, so we'll take a quick break, and then Pat will be back for part two to hear some uh, uh, little snippets from the post-match interviews. You're listening to Baz and Andrews House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. Right, welcome back, and welcome to producer Pat, who was over the Principality Stadium on Saturday for Joe. Uh, to witness that Welsh victory, how'd you get on? Good crack, great, <laughs> is it? Great crack, great. Uh, there was a lady who came to me. Um, I was sitting. The press seats are absolutely class. They're in the halfway line in the Principality Stadium, and you're on the lower level, so you get a great view of everything. But um, you're right in the midst of all the fans then as well, and the, the inter- there's a lot of interaction with fans, and they're all half scooped out of it as well. So uh, there was a lady who came up to me at halftime because I was over right at the barrier, and uh, she was wearing all green Irish fan and she was saying I'm a witch I'm a white witch don't worry we're going to win like you know I've got it all sorted like and then you were like oh okay brilliant great stuff and uh, and then she headed off and came back with like a tray full of drinks then and then she reminded me again don't we're going to win here I've set it all up like and, is this witch yeah. she's been sacrificed yeah. <laughs> burn witch <laughs> wrong oh, I should have found her at the end of the game like what happened what happened but yeah. um Oh, the atmosphere was incredible. I know they wanted to have that roof open because 
I was there two years ago and the, the atmosphere is crazy in, in Cardiff, like for the home games. Yeah. Like the pageantry around those games is, is crazy and uh, the anthems and stuff like that. And so it, I know that's why they wanted the roof open because they wanted to take a little bit of that away. But mm. um, it was all everybody was talking to me about in Cardiff, like from the moment I landed over there and all the way up the lead up to the game, some of the journalists talking about it as well. Uh, even during the game, the Welsh players were kind of patting the Irish lads in the head when they would drop a ball and and then at the end of the game it was it was like that was their big mistake the roof you idiots like you know like you left it open this is why you lost and even getting a taxi out the next day again it's a taxi driver saying like well it's your own fault you shouldn't have you know you should have closed yeah. the roof it was the sunroof in the way that the <laughs> <laughs> unlucky have it your way bit. yeah so it was um yeah it, it was crazy now I, I was sitting um I was sitting beside uh, Murray Kinsler from the 42 uh, in the row where I was and I was probably a bit more emotional, a bit yeah. more emotional than him. So we were sitting there and, and um, maybe he's got that more analytical mind because he was just kind of, you know, but when Ireland were dropping these easy things or giving away penalties, I was just like, oh, Jesus, oh, fuck, oh, God. Like, so. He was grand. Murray Kinsler was grand, was he? Yeah, he was. Very level-headed. He's a bit of a mm. white wizard, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Picking the team before it's announced. Yeah, yeah, that was something Schmitz gave out about... Um, in the, the the Monday press huddle at the end, he wasn't happy that the team had been kind of... Uh, to, leaked. To say leaked, yeah, like is, is one way of putting it. Another way is just saying that it was success, successfully predicted the day before. Uh, he wasn't happy with that at all. He said Gatlin's... would you Gatlin's, that here, would you? No, we don't we, leak. We wouldn't be successfully predicting either. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and it was... Um, Oh, as I said, then the the panto villain for the, all the Welsh fans was Johnny Sexton as well, and the, I think just right before half time when Ireland gave away that penalty, <clears> um, um, I think it was on the twenty two. Just to, I think that that was the one that made it sixteen nil, but Sexton was the one who threw the, the ball NFL back at the ref. Threw, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> told the ref to f off, and it was caught in slow mo on the big screen, and everybody laughing and booing and flip off. He says, "Flip Go yourself." On. Gardner, um, so yeah, it was. So, Pat, it sounds to me like you're not sticking with Ireland. I've, I've turned against them. Yeah, are you uh, a genuine fan? Oh yeah, <laughs> at the prick. Joe has <laughs> laid down the challenge. Yeah, well, that's yeah. it again because like, everybody was saying then at the end was are Wales now the team to you know win the World Cup? Are Wales the team to watch? And um, and then so Joe Schmidt said after the end of the game that. Uh, you know, that's a narrative set by the media. We've never said we're the, the best in the world. It's This is the narrative that you guys are putting out there. Yeah, you asked one of your, your questions that tends to annoy them. Yeah. <laughs> like you, did, you did to Sexton when you pissed him off. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. What I'm, did you ask him again? Um, at the end of the game, I, I'd seen that the, you know, back home, back here in Ireland, it had been reported as a horror show for Ireland. So I put that to, to Joe saying... That must be so awkward when you ask that question. Yeah, well, you know, you're, you you know you're the bad guy as well. Yeah. and um, You're like, don't shoot the messenger. Hey, I, I didn't say it was a horror show, but I've heard it being said that it was a horror show. So I oh. uh, said that to him, but I, but I then said, are we again overreacting to this? <clears> like, we might have got carried away when we beat the All Blacks. So are we getting carried away again now when, when we're calling it a horror show? So... Um, yeah, Schmidt, Schmidt answered that and he also asked, um, he was asked a good question at the end about have we been found out, have Ireland been found out? So I think we can hear that now. Well, I, I guess you guys will set the narrative really. We, we can only perform in those two 40-minute windows that we get and then uh, the narrative will be whatever whatever uh, pundits uh, or, or journalists put out there. But for us, we would certainly encourage the genuine supporter not to lose faith with the team, that the team will de definitely turn up in, in Japan 
um, and uh, and we'll grow a bit from this. You only have to look back a year and see that England went back to back in the championship and ended up fifth. Um, you know, we, we fought our way to third. We're in the top half of the championship. We haven't been catastrophic, but we haven't been as good as we needed to be. And and today was probably uh, an example of that. Um, at the same time, you know, I, I, I'd like to take my hat off to Wales and, and to Gats in the 12 years, to be 12 years as an international coach. I've done six and it's damn near killed me. So I, I don't know how Gats has managed 12 and, uh, and to be as competitive as they have been. And, you know, they hadn't won one for for five years and and so to get this one it, it you could see what it meant to them you could see what it meant to them when they were celebrating and um you, you know for us uh while while we would have loved to have won it um you know hats off to wales what, what a super effort today what a super effort through the championship to come you know ironically we were 16 nil down at half time so were they against france and uh they maybe got a helping hand a couple of times in that match to get back into it, but they got back into it and they know how to fight their way through to the finish. Yeah, I, I think Wales today, in the conditions, they got the benefit of, of some set-piece decisions and, uh, and on the back of that, maintained the pressure that they got off, off that first try. And uh, in the conditions today, we, we actually said that they'd do exactly what they did in those first two minutes. So, um, you know, working, working a team out, uh, you know, even sometimes you know what a team's going to do. It's another thing to stop them. Um, and, and we felt that, that England would, would do what they did as well, and it was, it was difficult to stop them. England knew what we were going to do in Twickenham last year, but we were difficult to stop. And so uh, on any given day, that's the very highest level of Test Rugby, where... The, the margins are fine uh, on any given day when you get the momentum at the start of the game it is hard to to then swing the momentum back in your favor and that that's a challenge for any team right very interesting comments from Joe Schmidt there uh you nailed a lot of his uh his cliches uh-huh he tipped his hat many times that was one that you didn't include no I didn't yeah well I did say credit to wheels he he took his hat off to wheels yeah I suppose well, Maybe just stick it in there. Just keep it in mind. For next time? Going forward. Something yeah. to work on. Something to work on. <laughs> Something to learn from. Yeah. We got there. <laughs> we got there. Um. <clears throat> well, yeah, like there was, so that was, yeah, a couple of the questions there were about Sexton again. And, and um, yeah, like uh, the, the Sexton Murray thing, I, I kind of think maybe that if Joe, if Car- Joey Carberry, if he had been fit, he might have come, come on sooner in that game. But maybe it's because it's, it's Jack Carthy. He's just like, you know, the fate again isn't there. He doesn't know everything that they want to do. That's why he didn't come on until later in the piece. But Sexton's head appeared to have gone. Like he was, mm. the second half, he fell apart completely. Like there was, he was kicking the ball out on the full. His restarts were woeful. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he was just kind of mumbling to himself and giving out. And uh, he wasn't helped a few times. It's definitely in the first half. You guys made a good point that they, they actually did, you know, get through Wales a couple of times in the first half. But uh Conor Murray's passing wasn't up to scratch at all in that game as well and that wasn't helping Sexton there's a few passes Sexton had to take like that over his head or right up here and as you said that slowed them down completely but um, I mean, John, Johnny only started giving off though once the game was out of reach mm. I don't think Johnny's body language or his demeanour the way he was getting on was to blame for the performance like, that seems to be the narrative but that's a handy narrative mm. that's kind of dictated afterwards in hindsight I think because 
it's only you chase the game, chase the game, and you you believe for a long period until it gets to I don't know maybe sixty minutes mm. plus, and then at that stage the game's gone. You're not getting back in the game, and I think then the frustration comes starts to come out. And I don't think you can blame the way he was getting on there on the performance, which is an easy. I think it's an easy target. Mm. I, I actually like I actually think with Sexton that I, like it, it, like if he's not carrying an injury. It's it's crazy to see how much he's fallen off a cliff there. Like he like he came into the Six Nations without having played a game because he got injured in that, uh, or he came off in that that monster game in in late. I think it was the twenty ninth of December, and then came into the Six Nations off the back of that. But he's seen when he went off in that Italy game as well. He, um, just immediately getting strapped up, ice on him, cellophane on it as well. And he hasn't like if you have a look at his stats for the championship as well nowhere near like involved in, like as many carries as many line breaks as he as he made last year at all and I don't know whether that's because Ireland's game plan has changed but he's not appearing in as many backline moves <clears throat> at all he's taken them into contact and he's just I, kind of running straight I at people I think that's the flow though that that I would criticise as opposed to him I think it's the flow of the team so mm. the set piece wasn't working at the weekend <laughs> yeah um and then as I said earlier on when, when we get players that that know they have to be in a certain structure uh they were arriving there early a lot of the mm. time either so either they were taking a, a standing pass off Murray or Sexton was having to take a, a, maybe a, not a great pass because conditions were bad for Connor as well but then he was getting forwards that were just standing beside him and he was just shifting either inside or outside not not shifting the blame off him but like um, it certainly wasn't just him that was uh, upsetting the whole pattern yeah. inside I think it was definitely because oh, anytime we got quick ball and we got good ball in that first half, he was actually, he, we had some really nice plays. We had a couple in the second half when we went down the, the short side as well. But um, to be fair, though, I thought when Carty came on, he, did, he, he made a big impact. Mm. And whether it's Carty or Carberry, I think um, no player should be untouchable. And that for me was always a strong point of Joe Schmitz, that he had this fear. The players had, were afraid of him. Like they, they, The norm was above the law with him. And if you're not playing well, then you're you're off the pitch. And it... It doesn't mean you're you're you've gone like, as you said, fall off the edge of the cliff or whatever like that. It's, it's not it's not really that. It's just if you're if what for whatever reason it's not going well for you, the team needs a shift and bring someone else on that will inject a bit of a bit of life. You know, it seems to be like that. They're like <clears throat> like if you look at the debuts they gave to lads in in twenty after World Cup twenty sixteen twenty seventeen twenty eighteen, there was eight or nine new faces coming in all the time, but. Uh, this time around, I think Carty might have been the only fresh face to kind of get a debut during during this championship as well. Even though lads came in, they used like an awful lot of players as well during this championship, but not a lot of kind of fresh faces again. And it looks like almost like Schmidt has built all the way up to 2019 and this starting team is, you've got 13 or 14 locks like that he would consider, this is who I'm going to go to the World Cup with. But now you look at it and it's kind of like, who is safe at our place anymore? Like you, you, yeah. you wonder, like and again, we're not going to see that until... August or September again when when they start playing these warm up games. I don't know. I don't know if it, it would have been a good idea to to change things up. Considering after the England game, the, they were struggling for confidence. That took a lot of confidence out of this side. And then I think then if you compound that with um, dropping guys to kind of teach them a lesson, get your act together, mm. then I think that makes it, it mm. upsets their confidence even more. A good example of that is CJ, who didn't play for a couple of weeks, mm. and then Joe backed him, played against France, and he was. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. You know, so I think when Joe puts trust in a player and he backs them, then often the player repays that trust. I think that was the Six Nations when 
the team as a whole struggling for confidence so I think to introduce little mind games or little ways of teaching guys lessons I don't think that would have been appropriate either I was going to ask going to ask you guys about it there like like let's say that game at the weekends was there anybody who really you thought played well like I, I thought a couple of guys did decent but I, I can't like there wasn't even nearly in every game if a team loses there's one or two guys who you still think Jesus he had a good game there but I think um, with the way they played, it's uh, it's difficult because they they forced it. So they're playing in in those conditions. No matter what team you are, if you're forcing a game like that, players are going to make mistakes, mm. and that's what happens. So there's a lot of errors there. Um, and then, but like the effort was the last five minutes. I was with someone who who was a soccer fan and not a rugby fan. They're like, I cannot believe that how much they're trying mm. and have nothing to play for here, only their pride and how hard they were working and the ambition that was still there just to get a, a score with five minutes to go another 25 nil down. Um, so, and like James Ryan, like the effort he, he, the amount of work he got through and I think everyone really is and no one, no one's dragging their hole essentially. Like, so it's hard to say like they were all shite. It's just, it didn't work for them for whatever reason, a number of reasons, fine margins, but they, uh, <laughs> But they fucking worked hard. You yeah, know I mean? they emptied the tank, and for me, that's that's a huge that they actually finished that strong in the end. I, I think, especially because there's people asking questions about the character. Yeah, which I don't think is appropriate either. Uh, and if anything, they showed buckets of character at the end, digging in and showing that they they still wanted to keep playing and working hard for each other. Mm-hmm. Joe will put a big emphasis <clears> on that. I can imagine the boys will meet up preseason, whatever, and he'll show. He might show that video of the last five minutes of the game, even when seemingly there's nothing to play for. It's still important that they show character and they still work for each other. In a similar way, I know Joe loves Marmion because he played out of position, everything going against him, against Australia, still smashed Pocock at one stage. Mm. You know what I mean? Just whenever you're um, up against a bit of adversity. Adversity, (laughs) And you dig in and show a bit of character. I think Joe loves that. I think, yeah, I think Marmion's the definite back up anyway for Conor Murray and yeah he's a great player yeah yeah he really came at a pace when he came on yeah he did and yeah. Jack Conan had a great impact when he came on and and like but you if you have to give credit to Wales <laughs> <laughs> see if I got the hat here I'll tip it to them I mean like they're an unbelievable side and, and they're so well drilled and, mm. and to, to, for them to have the know-how to go out and play in that particular fashion to know that this like as Joe, as Joe Schmidt said that Wales knew how they were going to play he knew how Wales were going to play but he couldn't stop them because they applied that pressure game so well and, <coughs> and that boiling pot of, a, of an atmosphere as well like fucking hard place to go yeah. second best team in the world <laughs> you know what I mean there, no, was a, there was a moment there at the end of the game where, and it just shows you how hard Wales because Wales wanted to keep it at zero as well and everybody was going in to see how long it had been since Ireland hadn't scored I think it was, it was 2012 and they got beaten 60-0 by the, the All Blacks and um, but there was a bit. <laughs> it was a bit at the end. I'm a stats man. <laughs> it was a bit at the end where um, Ireland. I think they gave the ball away near the Welsh line. Wales just kicked it clear, and Jordan Larmer had to go chasing it back. And he got it back near halfway line, and I think he came. I think it was Hadley Parks he came into, and he just got picked. Oh no, Jonathan Davis, and he just got ragdolled, picked up into the air, yeah. and then there was a, a, a load of players all kind of looking. He was looking for the choke tackle there as well. And as that was going on, Liam Williams was over on air wing on the right wing and he just turned to the fans in the middle of the game as it was still going on and he just started like doing that to them all as play was going on. Big like shit-eating grin on his face. like, And I was just like, oh man. <laughs> like yeah. This sums it up and the crowd were absolutely loving it as well. Like, and 
But yeah, they were, as much as Ireland kept going to the end, Wales kept going to the end as well. And I know it's easier to do when you're winning, but uh, so many of those guys were just... Alan Wynne-Jones, I think four of their guys got nominated for Player of the Tournament. Uh, it was announced today. And Alan Wynne-Jones, I say, is going to win it. Um, he just kind of summed it all up. He was... Great all the way through yeah. the championship. Defensively, like I love love looking up at the Sean Edwards in the in the coach's box, like he didn't move for the whole game. Yeah. And then they had a big moment towards the end, and you could just see he goes fucking get it or whatever, like the big Nordy uh, English <laughs> accent. That I remember doing a charity match with him over in England a few years ago, where he was our coach, and it was supposed to be a bit of crack, and. Uh, he was like, this is a fucking war. We're going out here to, to kill them. We're playing Leicester. It was like the rest of the world versus Leicester and Welford Road. And uh, he brings, and like we were pumped going out playing this supposed charity crack match. And there was digs flying after two minutes and it was largely down to him, you know. Wow. Um, I remember seeing actually at Sky Sports had this thing years ago where they, it was a Thursday night rugby show and they went around and asked uh, different players where their favourite holiday destinations were. And uh, you know, he's born and bred in Wigan, like in Manchester. Um, they asked a few Welsh players, and they were like, oh, Ibiza or uh, Lanzarote, I don't know. And they asked Draco, and he said, uh, Brazil. Let's just say the girls are slick. I remember, <laughs> Do you remember that. that? <laughs> and then straight after Draco, they went to Sean Edwards, and he just goes, Wigan. <laughs> so perfect. Um, but yeah, they've got, they've got a serious backroom staff, and... Look, I don't think we can we can be too ashamed about losing <coughs> to the side of that. Well, yeah, that, and that's it. Like the he apparently like he's looking for a job now. Like he was kind of doing interviews at the end saying he hasn't got a job after Gatlin leaves after World Cup. So um, he somebody, was canvassing for work. Like he yeah. was walking around the mix zone. Yeah, like and <laughs> I was just a reminder to you all. I haven't got a job now. Like so, I'm sure he'll be picked up soon enough as well. Gatlin has outfoxed Schmidt again. Just to talk about him and the All Blacks again and. Um, mm. I'm sure he's happy enough with that as well but I think that's his record over Schmidt is pretty good and, and they taken over from England there's was was talk about that as well yeah yeah. yeah. Oh. Gatlin would take well, over that was the Jones, start yeah. of the tournament yeah yeah so um, that yeah. would be weird wouldn't it yeah yeah, yeah. But, the, um, but that's it like Schmidt has a yeah it's a little bit of a thing with, with Gatlin where but, but then Gatlin is like yeah two Lions tours one one tour um, drew with the All Blacks and now has won three Grand Slams if he took over England that would completely undermine everything he did with Wales surely but it's, the Welsh people would hate him like just a job <laughs> oh I don't know I'd be uncomfortable with that now um, but Pat you went and listened to a few of the players mm. doing the usual uh Cliches, yeah, cliches. Yeah, yeah, have a have a listen now. Now that you boys have kind of teed it up of what they're going to say, yeah. I, I felt it's count. Geez, count. I felt like Jesus. The lads have actually been really honest with me here, and they've, they've spoken from the heart. And now you've <laughs> shattered over. <laughs> Somebody basically coming out and okay. reading the notes off the back of their arm. But uh, yeah, uh, Rob Carney, okay. uh, Ty Byrne, and, and Dave Kilcoyne. Yeah, you can hear from them all now. And uh, yeah, you can you, you'll see what you think of it. Was there a moment that you kind of maybe felt that the game was getting away from you guys? Like just Anscombe kept kind of punishing us every time we'd make a mistake. Was it any any part where you kind of felt we were just gonna have to just just dig in here until the very end? I don't think uh, this group really you know dwells on trying to any one particular moment. You know we try and win every moment, and you know you build a moment. So you know whether that be something good we do, we try build on that. Um, you know for something good Wales do, we try and rectify that as soon as possible and. Uh, get back into our groove unfortunately today we didn't do that and um, Wales came out on top From a personal point of view um, 
a lot more involvement for yourself, a lot more minutes and, and some decent performances during the Six Nations. Have you been happy about you, that you've kind of taken that step forward as well? Yeah, look, I've always been a team man first and um, it's tough today after, you know, losing to Wales and Millennium, so you don't really look at individual performance. Obviously, any time you're playing for Ireland is a huge occasion for not just you, but, you know, your family and, um, you know, I've my parents at home and my two brothers were no one prouder than see me out there today. Um, you know, it's tough on the result, obviously, didn't go the way we go, but personally, it's good to get back involved. But as I said, I'm a team man first and we didn't perform. At the risk of saying the absolute obvious, if you give away a try in the first 70 seconds, it left a mountain to climb from then. Yeah, obviously not ideal. Um, we wanted to go after them a bit and... Uh, they, they they put a lot of pressure on us and uh, from the kickoff and then you know they they executed the try very well and uh, we'll look back at that and hopefully uh, we'll be able to improve. Ty, what did you talk about in the dressing room immediately after? Is it new problems or is it the same problems that have been affecting the team throughout the campaign? I'd say problems to be honest. Um, look, it's not. <laughs> Would you not agree there's a problem somewhere from a team who beat the All Blacks a few months ago to? By, you know, few poor no, like obviously we we haven't played to our potential. That's all the problem is probably. Um, I think definitely if we stick to what we know and stick to what we've done in the past, um, we will definitely be able to improve. It's just um, probably about finding our feet again and uh, putting in those performances. Rory said yesterday that if you were beaten today, it wouldn't be because the other team wanted it more. It kind of looked as if Wales, obviously with a grand slam on the line did want it more well that certainly wasn't the case for me anyway and I can definitely speak for everyone in there that's not like that's not like any player um, everyone goes out there to win and everyone was hungry for this especially knowing um, Bessie's last game in the Six Nations and we spoke about that all week and we were we were eager to get out there and put it in performance and um, unfortunately it didn't work out that way today is there anything we're up to for, like, let's say, fans who might be a little bit worried after the, the manner of the English game and the, this game today as well, to kind of maybe assure them that maybe given a bit of time, you guys can, you know, you're still the team that beat the Outbacks, you're still that team that, you know, you're still this team that just are a little bit off, but you're, you're not too far away at the same time. Yeah, um, you know, we, we had this incredible year last year, and, you know, after, after every game, you know, we'd always say, listen, the margins are small, the margins are small, we've done really well to win this. Um, and then this year, uh, you know, we've come out the other side of that. Now, albeit the manner in some of the games, you know, you can't say the margins are small because, you know, there's been a couple of, of heavy enough defeats in it. But, you know, we're, we're still a huge amount of confidence in, in how we are as a team, um, in what, in terms of what we can achieve as a team. Um, you know, we just need to be realistic that, that, that there's lots of other good teams out there too. It was weird along the lines of the Twickenham thing last year where England were, you know, trying to push you guys and you guys were trying to hold them out at the end and weird 12 months later to be in that position where you guys were pushing at, at the end. But what was it like to kind of stand out there and see the Welsh, all the, the streamers floating them for them again? Like, it's is this something that you kind of, you can use maybe for the good? You know, like, is it that kind of hurt good to use again? Yeah, you have to, you have to you know bank all these tough days uh, you know there's no doubt about it today was a tough day it's tough watching you know one of your you know competing nations lift trophies um, you know so you know that that is it's a memory it's a picture that that will 
live with all of us, you know, for a long time over the next few months and we'll be brewing away and, you know, we just need to make sure that we can use days like today to our advantage. And you spoke so well during the championship talking about how you guys are human and sometimes people forget that as well, but um, do you think there might be a little bit of a backlash now for the next few weeks? The, you know, the mood might be a little bit against you until you, you guys go out and maybe just get back to business for the provinces as well? Yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure there will be. Uh, you know, there was a huge backlash after the English game. Um, you know, there was a little bit of a backlash after the Italian game, albeit, you know, we'd won with the bonus points. Didn't play particularly well, but, um, you know, so I'm, I'm sure there'll be there'll be lots said about us as, as players and, and as a team over the coming weeks. Um, you know, but it's part of being professional athletes too. We just need to come together, uh, close rank a little bit and, and just never lose lose focus of, of how good we are as players and as a team. Okay, as you can hear, some pretty gutted players there, understandably. Uh, I suppose that the backlash from the public is, uh, is something that's inevitable over the next few weeks. Um, but I don't think we got ahead of ourselves over the last few months, do we? It's not like we, we, we had reason to believe that we were the second best team in the world and that we still have reason to think that we can go to the World Cup and, and do damage. I think we're even more dangerous now. Ah. Oh, wow. That's, uh, yes. Uh, Quickly think, how am I going to back that up? <laughs> <laughs> if there's no follow-up, well, I think we're even more dangerous. Just leave it there. That's um, all we have time for on Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby. <laughs> I, I just think um, it's it's nice that we're just back under the radar a little bit. And now Wheels are the ones that are, they've got the target on their back. Ireland can just turn up at the World Cup and... Less is expected of them. Obviously, pre-season friendlies in August will kind of dictate mm. how things are sitting. But I think what we should do is we should just beat Scotland the first game mm-hmm. by like I don't know ten points. Mm-hmm. Then we beat ja- Japan. Mm-hmm. Then after that, we beat Samoa and Russia. Either or, both of them, whichever one. No, comes we have first. to. We have to play all four teams. <laughs> Whatever team comes. We're right in ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Whoever comes first, <laughs> we will we will defeat them. Yeah, I can't remember either. Then we'll goes. go on and we'll play South Africa in the quarterfinals. What should we do against them though? We'll only beat them by two points. Ah. But listen, a win's a win. At that stage, we're already history makers. Yeah. Then it depends on final part. France. France. No, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, what I'm saying is, we should just take it one step at a time, and we'll be grand. Yeah. I think we'll be fine. I think there's good news there. <laughs> that, that was serious words of wisdom there. Can we no, cut that out? Yeah, I don't no, know what. No, it is 100% taken there. Uh, how to do that. So I was thinking about little things that they need to, that they need to. Little things that I think that I think they could potentially improve on is our ability to play more free-flowing, off-the-cuff, creative rugby because most importantly that's what I like watching and I do get frustrated when we don't play really free-flowing expansive rugby I heard the English uh, attack coach Sky's wise Scott wise mental say that they have a 20 minute part of every session where they can have creative time like <gasps> it's like kindergarten yeah. where you give them a little, little time to have the crack with their best toy um, where they just throw the ball around. We had that before. Willy nilly. Ireland yeah. had that. How did it go? And, um, uh, I can't really remember. Um, I think it was before the 2011 World Cup. I think Les Kiss introduced um, the the X zone. 
Mm-hmm. which was the experimental zone. <laughs> uh, um, um, I think there was like a 10-minute period where everybody was allowed to try offloads and silly stuff. Amazing. Yeah. Like the, the offloads of the weekend, the English match, like that, um, Slade's one and uh, what's his name, fullback, uh, Daly, Elliot Daly's mm. little out the back door. Like you only get good at that stuff if you're doing it every day of the week. Like yeah. I remember... We did it in Munster, like Dennis Leamy used to do these outrageous backdoor passes. Because back then I wasn't, it was like 2009, 2010, there was no one really doing that stuff. Yeah, Dennis Leamy was leading the way with the enormous, the biggest hands you've ever seen in your yeah, life. exactly. So he started Those kind of teaching us how that. to do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that, then you start doing them, you know what I mean? Thok, so, uh, Thok and a singer did that for England last weekend. Man of the match and then got dropped. Yeah, but in fairness... Jack Noel was pretty class. Yeah. But that, yeah, that's scary how much strength they have, like being able to drop a guy like that. Yeah. He's unbelievable. But that, look, that's the only thing I'd like to, to see happen because Eddie Jones did say, if, you know, I remember saying this a few weeks ago where um, England hadn't even started really working on their attack side of things. And I presume that's what he was alluding to that they've got, you know, so much up their sleeve. I hope to God Ireland haven't started on their, their attack work as well. Yeah. We're, we're, we're saving it. We're saving we'll get there. We'll, we'll tie I all think that I've, stuff I, up. I think I've created three. a foolproof plan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You want to yeah, fax that off there to, yeah. to Joe? <laughs> <laughs> right. Should be grand. Be grand. They'll be fine. <laughs> right. We're right back with House of Rugby, Rugby Roundup, Rugby Roundup. And all of your Twitter questions in two seconds. You're listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe. Together with Guinness. Okay, welcome back to the Rugby Roundup. And uh, before we go on, just back to your experimental thingy, Uh the X-Zone. As a nation of artists and poets and scholars and thinkers, very creative people, shouldn't we live in in that kind of zone, even for sports people? That's where we belong. That off-the-cuff, let let them express themselves. Laissez-faire. Yeah, to a certain extent, obviously you want to have order and a team <clears throat> environment where they're all working together. But the, I suppose I would love to see it that like what they're doing isn't essentially wrong. But I'd love to see that when they're at their best is when yes. I think they beat the All Blacks when they have that yeah. edge to them where they're in flow. I think it's flow. That flow, word, yeah, yeah. It's like, flow is like that mindset, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't that the um, like mindfulness thing, isn't it? Yeah. Where the whole game kind of passes you by and you've been in the zone the whole time. Mm-hmm. So um, I think we should um, be more, be open to being innovative and creative and uh, and experimental, yeah. being in the X zone. Do you remember it's in, kind in, of what we're doing right now. Yeah. Oh, we should we should get um, R and D tax credits as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, having said that, it's important to learn to be innovative or be open to be innovative. Yeah. But you have to learn to win, and that's what Ireland, notwithstanding last weekend or the Six Nations, we're a team of, of winners. I think mm-hmm. we created a a winning mentality, mm-hmm. and it's been broken recently, but it's not a million miles away from fixing. Uh, last weekend I spent I uh, watched the the France game with Donegal Ryan and he made the point that um, French teams aren't competitive enough when they're grow- or youngsters when they're playing rugby in France all incredibly talented all they spend a lot of time in the X zone trying mm-hmm. stuff stuff coming off footwork offloads all this kind of stuff they're capable of doing loads of stuff but they don't learn to win and I mm-hmm. think this Ireland side like, 
again, not a good time to talk about this. (laughs) (laughs) But we have learned to win. Discipline. Yeah. Yeah. So just to have that balance, to have an egg zone, (laughs) experimental zone. I was watching A Star is Born on the flight. Oh, it's class, isn't it? This morning, yeah. Unbelievable. And uh, the part where he, they, they, they're in the, sitting in the car park at the start. Oh, it's such scene. a brilliant start to a film. Because like, that's still the start, you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. But it's a bit about 40 minutes in. And uh, she sings that song to him when he's langers drunk sitting in the car park. Uh-huh. And then the next night she flies to the gig and he just goes, we're going to play that song. Uh-huh. And just he's like, just go. And she it. pretends she's not keen at the start. Yeah. No, no. But she gets on just in time to sing the chorus. Oh, smashes my God. it out. And you're watching it and you're like, this is unbelievable. The flow that the two of them are in. But it's like, how did he know the chords? And how did he, how did he remember the lyrics? Yeah, he was steaming. He was like, <laughs> 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 remember the white woman didn't even remember her name. What's yeah. her one's name from last night again? Do you know the one that was in the car park sitting down? <laughs> she was the, singing something. The peas at her end. <laughs> uh, so that's what Ireland need to do. Some, something along those lines. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's great. And also follow my um, path. Follow my plan. <laughs> yeah. Listen, it's full. Pro- there's there's room for innovation. Yeah. In the egg zone, in between those games, yeah. beat Scotland, beat Japan, beat Samoa, beat Russia, beat South Africa. We should go into like X development. We yeah. go into companies and we develop their X game. Okay, uh, moving on to rounding up rugby. Ireland under-20s, Grand Slam champions. They saved the day. They did. They saved the hopes of the nation. Ye legends, thank you all very much. The senior men and the senior women let us all down. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But the youngsters. The youngsters, the youth of this country. Everyone be writing them off Generation X or Z. What are they again? They're probably, like, yeah, they're probably way past that by now. (laughs) Where were we? Were we not Generation X? Can't remember where we were. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, fair play. They uh, they beat Wales on Friday night. Clean sweep. Obviously, Dylan Tierney, Marty Martin. I think had a great game again. And John Hadnett, Hadness, uh was immense. Scott um, Penny. Huh? Scott Penny. Yeah, I didn't see the game now because we were away. Um, he's a big favourite of ours. Yeah, serious player. He's good. I'd say he'll get a lot of game time now. It the next few weeks. You know, yeah. Leinster have qualified already. Yeah, you'd like to think that he might get some games. Um, Again, Craig Casey didn't play the other night, but he's a brilliant player. And I heard the scrum half come on, and the third choice scrum half came on and scored a brilliant try winning uh, or game winning try as well. So, fair play to you, lads. I'd say they're going to have some crack this weekend, or I have had some crack. Paddy's weekend win the Grand Slam under 20s. Oh, man. To be a young fella. Those are good times. Or to be one of their fathers. Just <laughs> <laughs> going on the piss with them. Those um, are good times, weren't they? Uh, under 20, well, we were 21s back in the day. Yeah. But good lads. Everybody's at the same age. Everybody, you play, if you play schools together, then you've been, you're in the same team yeah. kind of for three years. Everybody knows each other well. Good mm. mates. Probably going holidays now together in June. Yeah. yeah. yeah after Lanzarote. With. My... Um, uh, my parents went to Argentina for our under-21s World Cup. Yeah. So did Killian Willis's mum and dad, Boss McCarran's mum and dad, a couple of other mums and dads in around the same, and they're all still mates now. They're in a WhatsApp group and they meet, no up, they meet up once a year. That's crazy. Sound like swingers, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> How didn't I pick up on that? <laughs> I teed you up. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, 
what else happened in rugby? The women, not such a good uh, weekend for them, oh, unfortunately. Oh, they're finishing another yeah. down. No, no we'll, we'll come up again. Uh, last 24-5 to Wales and suddenly uh, unlucky. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> Unlucky. <laughs> so that came out, didn't it? <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. Um, but back in the, the Six Nations, uh, did you watch the England-Scottish match? Just saw bits of it. Saw yeah. bits of it, yeah. Unbelievable. Like that came on after the Ireland match, obviously. So yeah. it was in Dubai, and we were flaming by the time that came on. <laughs> and we were lapping around the place for that last 30 minutes. I've never seen 30 minutes of rugby like that. Yeah. Inc- Six Nations just turns out some unbelievable games. I know. Imagine if they'd have won it, like the Scottish crowd, I'd say, in Twickenham. I mean, they still probably did go mental because yeah. of a 31 nil down comeback. I know, I know. It was just a shame they conceded in the end, wasn't it? Mm. Sorry, they bring us back down again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to keep us up. I know, I know. That's it. No, that's all we've got time for. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Done it again. <laughs> Italy, obviously, uh, threw the game away against France as well. Just had a couple of terrible Italy kicks were goal. way better than them. Yeah. Way better I know, than them. I know. It was, I felt so bad for them. I know. To be fair, some of the French players were classic. Like Pinot was class. And, uh, France were... Oh, I, I just thought Italy were... Like, Conor O'Shea, I really wanted to see him get a win because mm. they deserved it there, definitely. And again, it's pretty safe last game yeah probably or definitely anyway uh in six nations anyway. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry six nations um yeah. yeah anyway i thought italy were really good for long periods and then maybe similar to that france kind of mindset just need to learn to win yeah but yeah um player of the six nations championship for you anyone irish oh are we going specifically irish here no no alan Wynn i thought was amazing yeah I, yeah, like some of the English players. I think Johnny the English May, players yeah. just excited me more. Slade, yeah, Slade was class. He had huge moments in every single game. You know, against <coughs> Ireland, you know, he he scored one try and yeah, and he set up the um, set up. He scored two tries off the midfield scrum. Yeah, he set that up with Johnny May. Um, had a huge impact the other night as well against Scotland. And, yeah, um, I just really enjoyed playing play, watching him play. Johnny May, Elliot Daly, yeah, enjoyed England. Sorry to say. Um, we did also ask you for your uh, Guinness made of more Irish player of the championship and here are your nominees James Ryan Tig 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 Furlong Keith Earls or Peter O'Mahony and the winner is I'd say he'd be delighted with this oh he'd be over the moon James Ryan <laughs> yeah I'd say that's probably what ah, he'll be the like, set of Paulie's teeth that he'll just... Sure, we got hammered by Wales, but sure, didn't I win the Irish player <laughs> of the season? Yeah. Whatever it's called. <laughs> uh, we also put out uh, the hashtag AskHOR on Twitter for some of your questions, which we got to one earlier on, but here's another one. Uh, Kevin Deegan asks, top three sports to bandwagon now that the rugby one is broken. <sighs> we'll fix it up. Get it back on track. What 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 sports the bandwagon on? The, it, well, he's saying the rugby bandwagon's broken, but I was saying we should stick with it. Joe issued a challenge to all genuine Ireland supporters. No, this guy's asking us what next sports can we move on to. Yeah, but I'm saying oh, sorry. stick with it. <laughs> we, right. We'll be grand. Ah, but we should. What have you got? Have you got a, an obscure sport? Did mm. you um, see any obscure sports when you were in the Middle East? Um, that Ireland could be good at. <laughs> No, I didn't really. 
It's all just expats out there, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, just playing rugby. Cricket and uh, rugby and... You name it. Yeah. No. Uh, Carl Menigan, Mehigan. Uh, should Joe Schmidt appoint an attack coach for the World <clears throat> Cup? Did we talk about this already? No. no. No, we talked about it off air. He'll okay. not do that. He won't. Because he is the attack coach and he's the, the backs coach. Yeah, and he'll back himself. He, I mean, he, he always makes the point that it's not the play you do, it's the way you do the play. So... The game plan that he implements, if everybody does their job, passes are accurate, breakdowns accurate, Joe's very confident in what he can deliver. Mm. And I think he'll remain <clears throat> confident. Yeah. That's my thoughts anyway. He probably will. I mean, it might be might help this side if you just bring in someone that might might make them just feel like there's a change. Yeah. Even though, even though Joe is still running everything, but it just might be psychologically give them a, yeah, maybe, a boost. Yeah. But um just a new I, voice, maybe, is that yeah, what you're saying? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Especially if it's someone they respect, let's say mm-hmm. Ron Regar or something like that. Yeah. Um, that will come in and just uh, support and facilitate everyone that's there. Um, but, you know, he's very good at doing that anyway, so. Yeah. I'd love to see something like that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if someone that, that can add to it, then, yeah, why not? Good question, Kyle. Colin? Man, I've got these names wrong. <laughs> uh, Kieran Duncan, have you ever tried playing as yourself on a video game? I remember there being some quality rugby games in the PS2 circa 0508 with the club teams on it. I once um, played, um, I don't know what it was. Like That's too late for John Lumu, isn't it? John Lumu was 97 to... Yeah. yeah. Anyway, whatever what game it was I played. And I got, I got the ball... And dropped it. <laughs> oh, so you were you were playing? You played I was yourself. Playing myself. Yeah. And I was playing with someone who was kind of, they were more familiar with the game, and they were like, "No one ever drops it, <laughs> 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 apart from you." <laughs> yeah, that was the first one. I think it was quite similar to Jonah Romu. It was like FIFA Rugby zero yeah. five zero six. It was kind of shite. Yeah. I had a scrum cap in it, uh-huh. and I was crap. <laughs> <laughs> but I still picked myself all the time. Yeah. Go back yourself. Yeah, absolutely. But it was a uh, it was a poor enough game. It was never. I don't think it's ever been beaten. Uh, Lomar Rugby was by far the best. Yeah. Rugby game of all time. Yeah. And it's never been beaten, which is kind of weird because rugby uh, rugby does, just doesn't really work in a video game, does it? Yeah. Uh. It's it's too like it, we we remember journalism like nostalgic kind of reasons, but it, it's never really FIFA kicked on, Pro Evo kind of I suppose kicked on a little mm. bit, not as much, mm. but it just doesn't really work as well, does it? No, I don't it's think it's too so. complicated a sport. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, whereas it was quite simple with John Lomer, so they yeah. just kept it simple. And it was, yeah, it was easy. Um, cool. Uh, thank you very much for all those questions. They were very good, and for the first one uh, that we abused. Uh, keep them coming as well because we need the hard ones as well as the, the yeah. easy ones you know we want you to be able to vent to us yeah because it saves us having to do it yeah exactly <laughs> we uh, need um, we need a pantomime villain <laughs> and what's her name Pat the Prick <laughs> <laughs> or JP JP yeah JP's the villain this week JP what could that JP stand for that's Jared Some, Payne that is is it <laughs> <laughs> something evil just a prick. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, thanks everybody for your comments, questions, for listening and all your favourite apps and for watching us on YouTube. Don't, don't forget to subscribe. 
please it makes a huge difference to this household a big thank you to everyone that was involved in making the show this week Ian, Paul, Fiona and Pat of course this has been Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe together with Guinness thank you for keeping us company party on party on you were listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe together with Guinness drink responsibly visit drinkaware.ie for the facts